This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast, Episode 9, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ebosher. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end and the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. That's a quote from uh, Theodore Teddy Roosevelt, the 26th President of the United States. Um, he really symbolizes what like a great American man is. He was the, the president who was in charge of developing the first the Forest Protection Agency that we now have, um, that's now the National Park System. And he is also the person who developed the United States Volunteer Cavalry, known as the Rough Riders, and he was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions um, fighting in the Western frontier um, back in the early 1900s and 1800, late 1800s. Um, Teddy Roosevelt was a tough man, and this quote talks about how the critic does not know success nor defeat. He doesn't know what true effort is. He doesn't know what true reward is. He doesn't know what true failure is. And our guest today is someone who who knows what all of those things are. He's failed, but he's also succeeded. He's overcome a lot of adversity, and he's battled through um, just about every challenge that's been thrown his way. Um, he's a great friend of ours, a former teammate, and um, without further ado, Brendan Murphy. What's up, guys? How's it going? I'm so blessed to be on this podcast right now. I'm so excited. I'm pretty pumped. On National Lineman Day, too. National Lineman Day, yo. Let's go. <laughs> Big guys celebrate, you know? Yeah. One day of the year that lineman actually gets some credit. Hey, yeah, honestly. It's needed. It's, it's needed. At least someone recognizes us. Yeah, honestly. People, yeah. like, I didn't, living in a house of skill positions in college, <laughs> like, they hate us. I mean, it's, they gotta respect us, though. We, they don't. We do they, the, they don't, though. It's they, like frustrating. We do all the dirty work. Right. It's frustrating. They don't like respect. It. I mean, that's kind of like the Lyman code. I remember when I was in high school, and oh, you know, one of my buddies was like, "Hey, man, like, we deserve more credit." And I said, "You know, that's kind of how the Lyman is. Like, we don't get the credit. We do all the dirty work, and yeah. we selfishly know that, hey, without us, you know, there wouldn't be that big, you know, long touchdown play thrown by the quarterback to the receiver. There wouldn't be no that long – there, there wouldn't be no long touchdown run by Josh Parks. Like, those guys up front create the holes, create the pre- protection on the offensive side and defensive side. They allow the linebackers to get through the hole. And, I mean, that's – we do the dirty work. Like, kind of like this uh, quote says, like, we don't, you know – Right. get the reward but you know we know in our hearts hey we did our job so right. and i think it transitions really well to like your job so your your strength conditioning coach aspiring um yep. yep and that's i mean that's like our role is we do the dirty work with all the players yeah. we communicate with them we right. try and build them up uh and then we don't get any of that credit for the most part on the saturdays you know so exactly. like i think it kind of transitions really well into your role as a strength coach like our job is to do the dirty work with the players to get them ready for Saturday for when the glory comes. Exactly, you know? we're we're there from you know in the off season from January to August, and you know we're there four days a week, and we're you're grinding hours upon hours, and you know we're making sure that these guys are 
you know, reaching their potential to the highest capabilities. And, you know, if we don't do our job, then the team isn't that successful. You can do all the scheming and the planning all you want, but if you don't have a strong, you know, player, a fast player, you know, they'll get beat. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, I embrace the role of a guy that, you know, I might not get the credit, but I know in my heart of hearts that I, you know, I made someone's life better. You know, I've taught them something that they might not have ever learned. Um, and just, you know, if I can have that impact on that kid's life and make them better, that's, you know, that's what I want to do. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go under notice. That's totally fine by me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so with that, with you being a strength coach now, you're at Northwestern now. Yeah. Strength intern, I got. I got to clarify that. I love that you call me coach, but strength and conditioning intern at the Division One level. <laughs> you're, you're putting in some work over there. Yeah. Um, can you tell them a little bit of your background? Like, how did you get to the point you are now? Um. So yeah, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Um, downtown life. So uh, let's clarify, because me and you, we got some boys. people. I am, I am, I am a true Chicago true. down. Yeah, I'm true Chicago downtown. You are Park Ridge, which I mean, it's just a little, <laughs> like if you look at the city limits, like you're right outside. I'm just, right there. You're right there. You it's, gotta throw me the ball. I, I, I do. Sure. I understand. Like, Thank I, you. Yeah, when I was young, you. when I was younger, I didn't understand that. And then yeah. when I got here, yeah, and someone's like, "Well, I'm from the I'm from the cities, but I'm like 45 minutes south of there." It's like, oh, I yeah. totally understand now. Yeah. So yeah, you're from Chicago. Thank um, you. I'm from the downtown area of Chicago. I grew up in the city. Um, Where at? I uh, West Loop area by Taylor Street. Um, oh, yeah, by, uh, that's wild. Yeah, no, it's great time, great area, great, great food. Loved it, and so oh, yeah. grew up there for 22 years. Um, went to school actually a block where I live right now. Um, uh, yeah, block where I live right now, and so uh, 22 years down the West Loop went to. Grammar school downtown, and then went to Loyal Academy, aka Greg. Boo. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> For Greg. anyone listening, um, the two best high school football programs in the state of Illinois are Maine South, my alma mater, and Loyola, Murph's alma mater. Um, yeah. And they also happen to have like what I would consider one of the best rivalries. In. Yeah, we uh, from a span from when I got there in two thousand nine, even before that in two thousand eight. My 2008 to, what, 2015, 16, 17, even to now. Yeah, Even to now. I mean, we've had great matchups in the postseason, yeah. a couple matchups in, in season, so. So what's your guys' record for when you guys played each other? Uh, we never did. We never did. But really? We, I lost, I told, we lost my, when I was a freshman, we lost them in the state semis. Which was the most insane game, game ever. Yep. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, insane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was it was nuts. <laughs> Best <laughs> so that, football you've ever seen. So there was that one, and then there was the my sophomore year, which was on our home field where we were up twenty two to seventeen. Never mind, that's the one. We I'm were up twenty two to seventeen, and then in like a, a four or five minute span, they got up to 29-22, and then we drove down in the last second play and. Linebacker Connor Klein went through yeah. and blocked that, and we went to the state and won the whole thing again <laughs> for yep. the second year in a row. Yep. And so then my and then they didn't make it my junior and senior year, so we didn't see. It. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. Right. Right. I, I, hey, that's hey. We lost to the team who beat you. Hey, whatever. So man. then, because <laughs> I mean, it dates back to like two thousand eight. Because yeah. Maine South won, they beat Loyola to go to those three state championships. Yep. They beat Loyola every single time. Yeah. And. And then there was like a down Maine South went through yeah, like Maine's, two or three down years, yeah. and then you guys we went off and my did, senior year just throttled us. Yeah, <laughs> we, we did. We nowadays I feel like it's like fairly balanced. Yeah, 
but like in the early early years, it was lopsided of Main South, and yeah. then now it's balanced out. Now it's balanced out. Yeah, but then Main South, most recently um, in the state championship, beat Loyola when yep. Loyola was ranked fourth in the nation in Main Something South. Like beat that. It was an insane upset. Really so awesome. Something like that. And I, then, I, I stopped watching. I closed the year. <laughs> but then, but then, this year Loyola beat Maine South and Maine South was supposed to win it all and Loyola absolutely smoked him so yeah. it's, it's fun it's great, it. it's great it's stuff fun. great rivalries yeah. uh, so great, great stuff to talk about how did we go from Chicago I'm, I'm always like kind of blown yeah. away by this like the jump from Chicago to completely different state to UST. How did you guys like find out? How did you find out about it? How did you yeah. make that jump? Yeah. So when I my, I have an older brother, he's twenty seven, and he when I was before years apart school wise. So when he was he was getting ready his senior year of uh, high school, I was in my eighth grade year, and so I was basically with him the whole entire time as he was getting ready to go to college, and he went to Carleton College for soccer because he played soccer, and um, and so I kind of knew about the Mayak through them. Uh, kind of did some more, you know, obviously through my family, did some more research about them, saw, you know, knew about UST, knew about St. John's and that kind of rivalry. And so when it came to, you know, start my recruiting process, I kind of knew that, you know, the Mayak was a really dominant league and I knew about Whitewater and all, you know, all them and John Carroll as well. And so when the recruiting process, you know, came up and, you know, Coach Lepshie gave me a call uh, back, Lepshie. Lepshie back yeah. in the day. Um, when he gave me the call, said so he was coming down, he wanted to come see us. I was like, Okay, you know it's the top-rated program. Like they're just coming off a national championship year. Charlie Doddle, yep. from my high school went there, so I kind of knew about about them through there. So there was just a whole bunch of you know lines that were just you know you could see like my brother went to the Mayak and then Charlie went to St. Thomas. I'm kind of you know I saw how good St. Thomas was and I wanted to be a part of a program like Loyola, what's family-based, passion-based, pride-based, you know. It was a again the back to the family part. I, that's what I really looked for, and St. Thomas had that. And you know, obviously they were good at football and good at you know academics. So it was kind of the whole package that I wanted, and so that's what led me to cold St. Thomas, cold Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel kind of I don't want to take too much of the spotlight, but um, this is about you. What I had when we got smacked by a little in my senior year. Yeah, I a couple guys from my hometown. They said they were going to play football at St. Thomas. I was like, what is this school? And I looked it up. Wow, this is phenomenal. Um, and uh, so I talked to some of the parents who had kids who had been recruited. And and that same story, I mean, came up here and was home, you know. Like, yeah. talked to Coach Crusoe once. And Dave and Sarah is a legendary high school football coach in Illinois. And Crusoe was like, that a legend and, up here, so and, yeah. and just like the same family atmosphere. Yeah, I mean Minnesota. I I compared the the cities to a miniature version of Chicago. Yeah. And that's another thing I wanted was I want somewhere where there's a city where I can feel like I'm at home. And mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, just Minnesota in general is a great state, and it Minneapolis is. is a really good city. And you know, I just I felt at home when I got up here. Like I visited, you know, I knew I could go to other places and start right away, or you know, have a chance to start by my sophomore year. And when Coach Crusoe said, "Hey, I can't guarantee you anything, but you're just gonna have to work." what you want and I said I feel like that's the way it has to be like I don't want to be given something I want to earn this I want to prove that I'm you know able to play with the best of the best and if I'm not I'm not and that's I mean that's totally fine and you yeah. know at least I gave 100% of my effort gave my all and I can look back on it and be like yeah hey I gave my all and yeah. I wasn't the best of the best guys be me and you know, put yourself out there yeah put yeah. myself out there that's so with, with that what is like what are I love that 
Mm-hmm. What is other life lessons that coming to UST has taught you? Like, oh, football, so, like so just many. the move like, and all of that. It's funny that, you know, I drove six hours up here today and, you know, I listened to you guys' podcast and, you know, do my research and all that. <laughs> I love it. It, it. it got me to think about just, you know, being at St. Thomas and, you know, I've always had these conversations with my mom and, you know, it's just, you know, why did you want to go to a place where, you know, you know when I got here, I was the smallest alignment. I was six feet, 270. And you had guys that were like Will Hilbert, 6'6". Yeah. I think he was like 300 at the time. You had Euless Payne, who was 6'3", 320, 330, whatever it was. And then you had TJ Woodrow, 6'4". You had Jason Flesher, 6'4", 6'5". Dave Simmons, 6'9". And I'm a 6'2", 270 kid. I'm like, how am I? I was like, I, I, I never, like I saw the challenge and I saw how big these guys were, but it never occurred to me like, you can't do this. It was just, I don't know if I can or I can't. Let's see what happens. Like, let's just go. Let's be ambitious. Let's. Let's try. Whatever happens, happens, and we'll deal with the consequences later. So just put your head down. That's kind of like how my mindset has always been. Just put your head down, put the blinders on, go. See what happens. Give it your best, and whatever happens, happens. Deal with deal with whatever later. But, you know, I learned a lot in terms of, you know, you get some good talent here, and you you guys, you have a guy coming up behind you that's really good, and you got to, you know, work your butt off to keep your spot. And, you know, sometimes that's not always the case, and you deal with what you deal with, but you just got to keep working and keep going and, you know, don't stop working until – you can't work no more. And that's yeah. basically what, you know, my t- lesson I really learned here was you can never take your foot off the gas, a.k.a. Alex Spanos, the guy I work for. <laughs> he's he's not he's not the head strength coach, but he's one of our assistants, and he's our head intern coordinator. And so, he, you know, his motto is all gas, no brakes. And, and <laughs> that's how it has to be. You've got to always have your foot on the gas and never take it off because that's just yeah. that's how you got to live your life. So. Oh, he's attacking life. I yeah, you always got to attack. Cause if you, I mean, if you don't attack, you just sit by the wayside, you're not getting better. If you right. don't get better, that's yeah. you're not getting better. You're getting worse. You're getting worse, yeah. and you're not you're not allowing. If you can't get better yourself, you might not allow someone else to get better. In our profession, we're strength coaches. Like we have to allow, we have to find every way possible, turn every other stone to make that athlete better. If we don't find that, we're not making them better. And yeah. So it's, I mean, that's just what you know. I love about this job, and. It, resembles my work ethic and he's like you just gotta keep going keep going keep going find every stone and turn and once you find what works you go with it and you make that athlete better so they can achieve their goals and for every hour of effort you're putting in it affects a hundred kids exactly. which is the, every hour like you're turning one hour into a hundred hours exactly. worth of exactly. products for these kids yeah. you know yeah. compounds like yeah. that's yeah that's insane i love the um how you talked about you're not like you're not sure if it's going to work out but you just have to attack it like that that a big preached in the USD program is like the process based. Yeah. And like the how that's going to lead to becoming the best version of yourself. You know, like even if that best version of yourself at that moment in that sport isn't the pinnacle of where you want to go, like you're still pushing yourself to get there. You know, like if you're just yeah. focused on the results and getting depressed, you're not attacking, attacking. Yeah. You're not going to grow as much as you could if you were. And it's not going to be a pretty process. I can tell you right now, you know, my journey in life hasn't been the best like it, it you want to put it on a movie screen and be like yeah watch this this is awesome <laughs> it's one of those ones you're like man that's not fun at all i don't want to go down that road but i mean it's that's life and that what makes you who you are someone ha- i always get asked like would you change where you went to college like with all the stuff that happened to you in terms of concussions and all that stuff and i know we'll talk about that later but like i said no it, it made me who i am today it made me it taught me lessons in terms of caring for a player and caring for an injured guy possibly or you know fighting through adversity and you be through like how you talk about those valleys i you know i talk about being like the lowest of lows and you just again that mindset you just got to go and get yourself out of it yeah you're in the darkest point of your life where you're in some sort of 
hole, you just got to get yourself. There's only one way out. That's up. And so yeah. you just got to go. You can sit there all you want, and life's going to get worse. Or you can just put the blinders on and just go. Get yourself out of it. Figure a way to get out of it and, you know, find your way to the mountaintop. Find your way to the light and yeah. make your life better. Because, it, I mean, it always will get better. There's You'll hit a valley. You'll hit a low. But knowing it will get better. As long as you're taking those steps, it's you always... Take those yeah. steps. Take those steps. Take those steps. Like you said, just take a step. Take another step. Take another step. And that's how, you know... Mm-hmm. That's how you just got to live your life, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So now, real, real quick before we get into further, yeah. you said you're working for Alex Spanos, who is a former main South, main South Hawk yep. and someone I look up to like he was yeah. a god when I was growing up. Yeah. So what? Now, I mean, Alex is the guy who you see on these Barstool videos who's just going nuts and... Well, so I guess, and as a whole, from the Northwestern Strength Program, which is which is like it's one of the best in the country. What, what are some? How have you grown since you graduated UST? What have you What have you taken away from them I've as grown, a person? I've grown. As a person. Yeah, as a person, I've grown immensely. I, I mean, I mean, there's like so many aspects I could go into of just where I've grown. But as an overall person, I've grown immensely, and it starts with our head strength coach Jay Hooten, who's in my eyes one of the best in the country. I. That man's taught me so much and has given me, in terms of from a strength coach as a person, how you treat people, he's just given me so much insight and his experiences. And same with our first assistant, uh, Coach Matt Flannery. He's done a great job in, ta- in bringing me under his wing and teaching me certain values and teaching me certain things. And, again, Coach Spanos, he's taught me a lot in terms yeah. of living that all gas, really emphasizing that all gas, no breaks mindset, mm-hmm. you know, really putting being a go-go-go type of guy, being a positive mindset. And then our other coaches that we had, um, formerly Coach Roscoe, who uh, went to Eastern Illinois with our uh, old, former online coach, Coach Adam Cushing. Um, he taught me a lot. Uh, coach Lucius Jordan, he's taught me a lot in, in terms of a different field of functional strength and you know uh-huh. uh, just a bunch of other stuff. And then our newest our assistant strength coach, uh, Coach Rick Perry, who worked for the Chicago Bears. He was an assistant with them, and I mean he he's returned to play. Just everything and everything they have is a. Each coach kind of has like their specialty, but they're all as a whole strength coach. They, you know, they understand. Right. Like, they've been through a lot, so I've just as a person learning from them, I've just learned crazy amounts. And it's just, in terms of a strength coach, it's just made me yeah. a better strength coach and just a better human being as well. Well, is that that's like the old saying, like you are who like the top five people that you surround yourself with, you know, exactly. and like how good of a coach you are is how many good coaches you surround yourself with, yeah, you know, and, like. And, just putting yourself in the middle of all, all, all this knowledge and this greatness, you yeah. know? And that I, starts, and, and, and all of it starts with Coach Patrick Strail. I mean, that, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, what he's done with that program, turning it around, I mean, obviously building and turning it around, but, and it is where it is today, but, I mean, as a as a boss, like, you, you want to go to work every day, and you want to be there, and you want to work for this man. It's just, yeah. it feels like a true family. I've been blessed everywhere I've gone. I've the, the motto of family has been preached everywhere I've been at. And it's just, it's, I, can't, I can't thank them enough for the opportunity, but it's, they've taught me so much, and I'm really appreciative of them because, yeah. I mean, I just learned a lot. It's better me as a human being. Hopefully I can yeah. you know, repro- reproduce what they've given me. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. As somebody who is, so like the program you played in high school is very similar to the program you played in college, and now the college that... Where you're working now is very similar to the program you were in college, and it's yeah. like, it's really cool to see how you have been able to find that in each level and how like it's there. Like, and there's it's it's also really similar. It's really interesting too how similar 
the people are. Like yeah. how similar each one of those head coaches are, because I know each one, and I t- and I've talked with each one individually, yeah. and it's they're all like yeah really similar. They're really dudes. similar, and so yeah. it's just in terms of their work ethic and you know making sure you get your stuff done and yeah you, know, you can have your fun, but you got to make sure you put the work in. Yeah, well, that comes back to like success leaves clues, though. You know, like yeah. all three of these people are su- super successful because they know what it takes to be exactly. successful. You exactly. know, like it's <laughs> they. I don't know. I, this is go back to like the Jocko thing of like we don't know if like leaders are born or if they're not, um, but they've probably molded themselves into becoming the person they are today yeah. because they know it leads to success. Yeah, it's through, what it takes. And through their experiences, and I've always preached you always should learn from people that are older than you because they've. I mean, I remember when we were younger, we're like you don't know what it's like to be a kid, and it's like you don't know what like my life is like, and it's like no, they did because they were <laughs> they were eighteen yeah. at one point. They were yeah. and so they had these experiences. So I'm always learning from you know the older I guess people who are older than me and I'm just constantly learning from their life you know what has gone great what has gone bad what has gone you know okay what it's you know taking them to get to the you know places they are now and so I'm just constantly like just taking in information being a sponge and hopefully what I take from them I can give back and not only give back but hopefully lead me to a spot where you know I can I can reach a platform that I could you know teach others going off of that yeah um this is where I kind of want to get into your struggles so people that are listening, they can use you as somebody like when they go through struggles, yeah, they can realize, okay, somebody else has been here before, yeah. he's worked his way out, yeah. I can do it myself. Yeah. No. So you mentioned the concussions. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened there? What's our story so, there? How did that affect our lives? So let's, let's, go, back to, let's go back to high school. Let's start, I can vividly remember the... I can I know this is my first very serious concussion. Sophomore year playing high school football facing St. Ignatius, I get rocked. Just the side of my head, I'm out cold. Like my dad said it looked like ten to twenty seconds. So I get up and you know, I didn't know much about it and I didn't tell my coach anything. I kinda stayed in the back of the huddle and so get the play call. I go back out there. My dad says I looked fine. So I was like, All right, I'm fine. So but I just knew something was not right off my head. So I play the rest of the season with that. I'm pretty sure it gets better through my junior year. Senior year happens. I get Mount Carmel game, which is somewhat considered some of the be- one of the best Chicago high school football games ever. Um, but I get rocked in the head. Uh, again, same spot, kind of same ordeal with the knee. And I'm out cold. And, I mean, it's I, – I don't know who I am, where I am. Everything is just affected. Um, and, I'm, I mean, yeah. I didn't – yeah. I was talking drunk, apparently. Mm. I mean <laughs> – it's just it's it's one of those things where you don't wish on anybody. Like it's just it's one of those it's just not a good thing to deal with. But um, yeah, through me being an ego, it's my senior year, and I was an egotistical maniac, and I decided not to listen to our trainers. I kind of just pushed through. Sorry, Mrs. Tomasco or Miss Baldo from Loyola, if you're ever listening to this. I so apologize. This is on me, not on her, not on anybody else. This was on me. Um, so I continued to play through it. Um, yeah, and then so I dealt with that for the rest of the year, um, and then it just continued to uh, – it continued throughout, you know, obviously college. I got to have your – Well, that's – the Mount Carmel game is what, like the second or third game of the year, right? Every it was year. like the fifth. Okay. Like so fifth early. or so. So it was like middle of the season yeah. in Illinois, you have to take a week off. And so, like, I, I was – that's how bad it was is that, like, I couldn't even go to school. Like, I couldn't focus. My brain, my brain had shut down. It was bad. And uh, so after a week – I knew I can come back, and I was just like, you know, I'm fine. Like, throw some dirt on it type style. And I was like, I'm good, I'm good. I'm going to play through it. I just remember, I remember after every game, I had the worst headache of all time. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I was like, it's whatever. I'm going to win a state championship. I didn't. Lost to Justin Jackson, who played in Northwestern, which that's a whole other story. But anyways, I just wanted I just wanted to be there with my guys. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there with the, the bros and, and carried on to college and, you know, just constantly playing through concussions. You know, it led me to uh, my one, my third year here. I got knocked, again, same spot, right side of the brain, got knocked, and... That was an interesting day. That was my mom says it's one of the most scariest days of her life, um, and that's kind of when I realized I should probably, you know, you get knocked out. You know, I didn't get fully knocked out, but I got knocked down. I was talking crazy. Um, I get put in a dark room, and you got white blankets over. Like I'm cold as hell, so I'm like putting white blankets over my chest to warm myself up. And then we're coming out. They got a, they call the ambulance. They call a stretcher. I get put on a stretcher, and I remember I couldn't stand the light like in the ATR, and so they put another white blanket over me. So I got a full white blanket on a stretcher. Looking like <laughs> and a dead body. I'm looking like a dead body, yeah. <laughs> which is like, in, in, in my world, I laugh at that because I've got a weird sense of humor, but like, <laughs> just like other people seeing that, they're like, I hope to God he's not dead. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you realize like, oh, this is not, was that's this, not something you laugh about. Was this during camp? No, it was during the season. It was, uh, Do you remember this? Yeah. I don't remember this. I just, I, I, I mean, I was, I, I barely remember. So I anyways, yeah. get to the hospital. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know who I am. It's like 50 minutes. I'm freaking out. Like, my mind's going other places. And so then finally, our head athletic trainer, Jim Rocco, comes in. They finally get me sent, situated with the doctors. I can't even spell my name. It takes me like five minutes to do so. It was, oh, man, it was, <laughs> it was bad. And then uh, for the rest of, like, Basically, I go through the process of you know, healing myself, and I was basically out of school for like two weeks. Like mm-hmm. I would go to class. Like so. Yeah. So what's, I was, what's healing? How do you heal a concussion? So it's it's rest. All it is is rest. So like when when I got out of the hospital, I called my mom. Obviously, I tried to call my dad because I wanted to protect my mom from this. I'm very protective, and so he didn't pick up. So I had to call my mom, and I was like, "Hey." Actually, Jim called my mom, and then I had to talk to her, and I was like, "Boy, that was bad." <laughs> So, I uh, so she came up to take care of me, and I mean I was not in a good place. I was it's a it's a very dark like, the mind is that's when I realized the mind is a special, special th- organ. It's you know if you mess up those chemicals, you go to a dark, like dark place, and I went to a dark dark place, and it was, it was hard. I mean it was a definitely a deep valley, and I, uh, you know I wouldn't wish it on my own worst enemy, and you know I had a you know. Again, what I had to do was just fight out of it. So I took my rest and spent the time away from football, which sucked, but you know, we had to do it and uh, try to get my mind better. And that's tr- after two weeks of doing with that, and you know, I saw Jim again, and like that rehab was terrible. It's a it's a sheet with a bunch of questions, and Jim was like, "What's your like?" I said, "What's your name? What's the date? All this stuff." Mm-hmm. It, it, it got to the point where I could, I said my name, I got to the date, like literally the second question, and I would just shut down. Like, I would be sitting in this chair, and he's like, what's the day? And I would just sit in my chair. My mind would shut off. I didn't know what, like, I would just shut down. I became a zombie. And that was how it was for, like, weeks. Like, I'd try to go to class, and I'd sit in class for five minutes. And my teachers knew, like, what my predicament was, and I would just sit there in class and... Like I'd be looking at it, and they'd be saying one thing and go through one ear out the other, and then my body would just... I, I, I mean, I had a class with you, and you could legit... Tell like uh, after it happened, the Murph came back after like the, the couple weeks off, and it, zombie, like, literally yeah. zonked. I just remember, I just remember uh, Libby. Uh, she literally she's like, I didn't know who you are. 
Yeah. She's like you. I like no one knew who you were. It, it, no, I we talked. I've talked to multiple people about how crazy of a change it was for a while. Of just like Murph was always like active in class, super hyper, like ready to go talk to people, yeah. and it was literally a whole bit of just zonked. Yeah, zonked it's, in the corner. Uh, I mean, that's how it was for a long time, and I missed the rest of the season. This was like week four. I I missed the St. John's game, and I remember mm-hmm. I got text from Coach Lefshey. Uh, you know, saying we wish you were here, and I was like, appreciate you guys, and you know, it, it stunk not being there. I wish I was there. It was an awesome environment, but I uh, missed the rest of the season. Um, try to help out as much as I could, coaching wise. Like try to be a mentor to Matt, because that was Matt Beck's first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to help him out, um, but I just try to I try to figure myself out. And I remember that was just that was one of those valleys in my life where I just, I had a lot of stuff going on uh, outside of you know, football and my personal life and dealing with people. And so I just, all, everything just kind of co- like, just came together in a ball of just hell. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I was, it was a dark, dark place. And I remember I was at Deep Valley and I just didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And I remember, I remember one night it was bad. And thank God Chance the Rapper came out with his, uh, his mixtape, the three mixtape, whatever it was, color book, I don't yeah. remember. But he came out with it and I just remember I was like, okay. I can do this. And it was just like a step-by-step process, like taking that step, just working on getting better, working on figuring out what to get better. And I just remember having had that conversation. I remember my roommates, Chandler and Steven, were just like, are you sure you want to continue to play football? And it was like the first time I really had to realize, like, ask that question, like, do I want to play? Like, do I want to go through this again? And I remember talking to Jim, but I was like, I, I don't want like, I remember I was, like crying in his office. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to go through what I went through. Like, this was terrible. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's not fun. But, you know, you get to make the decision. I'm not going to make that decision for you. And I remember I, I remember the day I took, I wanted to see what it was like to take my stuff out of the locker room. And I just, like, I grabbed all my stuff, threw it in a grocery, uh, garbage bag. And I just, I remember I left that and I looked and I was like, uh, I was like, just go. Just, you got to go. You got to see what it's like. And I remember I just kept going. I saw Jim and I started breaking down again. I was like, all right, I don't know if I can do this. So, like, a couple weeks go by. And uh, I, I'm starting to like, all right, maybe I can do this. And I remember I was talking to Michael Bloom. Shout out Michael Bloom. 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 And we were talking about just football. And, and I mean, his Bloom pa- was talking. Yeah. And his passion. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. I mean, his passion for football just I, somehow just, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm playing again. I'm going to do this. And then and then, uh, then I got another one. Uh, my last year, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I'm and, and, I remember I had to have that talk with our one of our sports psychs, and she was like, "Do a full like a, a, a square and like have four different boxes, and you know, one box is why I should play, why I shouldn't play, um, like why like why I should play, why I shouldn't play, like what happens if it basically panned out to like all the pros and cons of playing and not playing mm-hmm. were the same, and the uh, and the pros of like not playing and playing basically was. There was like one thing, one line that like kept me from like wanting to stay with the guys, and it was being in that locker room. It was just, and that was my journey. It was just like I couldn't leave the guys, and I had to realize my, and I love them so, like I love being with you guys so much, but it was like I have to think about my health and safety first. And so I was like, I gotta stop this. And it was hard, but you know, like I, you, you'll be in that valley, and you'll you'll get down to lowest of lows, but you gotta take that step to again, just put the blinders on, and go, figure it out. Yeah, so talking about going after that, 
do you want to talk about your transition then? How did yeah. you, because you, you oh, wanted to still be around the guys. I did. And, and you did. And, and <laughs> thank, how did you embrace that God, role? Thank God I uh, had done some athletic training. With, I'd like worked with our athletic training staff beforehand because Jim was like, you know, if you're done playing football, you're immediately working with us. Like, I'm throwing you in the mix. I remember that meeting with Coach Caruso. I was like, Coach, I'm done. I'm not playing. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, my, like I want to take care of my head. He's like, yep. I had a feeling that was going to happen, so you're going to go work with Jim. I was like, cool, good. <laughs> Literally, that day, it was like, I think it was a Wednesday practice, like the Tuesday before, I was like, yeah, I've realized I'm like, it was like kind of like my last day with like being with the guys as a player. That Wednesday, I go up, I tell him, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. He's like, all right, you're going to go work for Jim. And I was like, all right. The next day, I was working with Jim. <laughs> like that. <laughs> At the football practice? Just like, I changed rules on a day, and people were like, this is weird. And I was like, let's just get through it. Yeah. And so it was... I mean, I, I. What was that like? I mean, it like, was because you know because you're a football like when you're a football player that especially coming from Loyola like yeah. you, like your your it's life the, is yeah. that's your life, man. Yeah, like exactly. so, what was that like? I, going from not playing like basically football is all I knew for you yeah. know the time I was born to them and uh, to basically wake up and be like I don't have though I'm going to practice today I'm right. not practicing right I'm working. Um, and that I mean, it was it was a weird feeling, but I, in in my heart of hearts, I knew it was the right thing. You were happy with it. I was, like I was, like I knew in the long run it was the right decision because I don't want to be, you know, have an early onset dementia at 25, mm-hmm. 35. I don't want to be in a constant like dark pattern of not knowing who I am and you know where my mind's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And so I it was a. It was a weird change for the first couple of days, and I was like, "All right, this is fine." Mm-hmm. So, it but again, was, you, you like embrace that change. Oh, like, yeah. you were one of our best athletic trainers. Yeah. Uh, like, but that's and that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna. I mean, my dad. My dad always said, if you're gonna do something, do it 100. percent Yeah. Don't you know? Don't go half ass in it. Um, but that's something where somebody could have been in that valley and yeah. dark spot and could have been felt like sorry for themselves you I, know and, and that's and that's the i don't i don't know if this is just how i'm wired or i just don't i don't know like i see how you can feel sorry for yourself but yeah. you can't stay there forever you have to move on with life like mm-hmm. that's you can't just sit in that one spot you just you gotta keep going you gotta keep going like life's gonna hit you hard and you're gonna get knocked down but you gotta get back up because you can't stay on the ground because people are gonna trample over you yep. and like life doesn't stop just because you stop exactly. you know like life, it's still life gonna keep going, going. And so yep. it's like I just knew it was like, well, I'm not playing anymore, so I got to get better athletic training. Like, I'm going to embrace, you know, my role. What's your next step? I just, I want to be the best version of myself that I could be. And, you know, I'll fail at it sometimes. And that's, I know I will. I'm not perfect. You know, that's Jesus' job. And I'm nowhere near Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm human. And so, like, I'm going to fail, but I'm going to try to be the best version of myself I can be and give everything I got and just going to go. Yeah. And you did that. I mean, like, it's coming from, like, People who are maybe are listening, like who don't know you, people who do know you, I hope that they understand. Like you're just, you're so genuine, man. Like you, you, you have just such a genuine like authenticity and appreciation for life and for people. Like I, you always, even if anybody ever got into it with you on the field, like you never. The locker room and the boys were your were your world, and like you yeah. could see that, and yeah. it was like. And that's just like how I grew up. It's just like, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember like my family had a lot of older friends and so they would, obviously they'd pass away. And so I was going to a lot of wakes, a lot of funerals and 
it just made me appreciate life and you know how you know sudden it can change and uh, so I just I mean I love life and I live it to the fullest as much as I possibly can yeah. like I'm gonna I'll worry about what happens like I'll obviously plan you know to mm-hmm. not really screw myself up <laughs> but like I'm gonna I'm gonna like for instance like this trip to Minnesota like I was like my coach who gave me the week off I was like all right what can I do? I don't want to stay at home and do nothing. I was like, all right, let's go to Minnesota. Like literally yeah. yesterday, I booked my hotel. And I was and at I texted Murph. And Murph texted me. He's like something like, "Are you going to be at training yesterday?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's get you on the podcast." He's like, "Yeah." And then, I was like, "That's how we did this." And, and, and it's just I'm gonna live my life, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna stop, and I'm just gonna keep going, and whatever happens happens, and you know, I'll deal with it when it happens, and. You know, I'll, I'll figure out a just and go with some urgency. It's wild, like with what you went through, and you 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 didn't feel sorry for yourself ever. You can't feel. There's no self pity in your story. You can't, and it's, it's but it like and coming from the outside perspective, like when I was done with football, or when I went through when I had an injury, like I was down. I felt sorry for myself when I was complaining. I wasn't really focused on the team. I was feeling, you know, yeah. but but you like. It was never like that with I'd, you. I would it I'd, never I'd, was. It might seem like that, but I had. I mean, you can ask the old line that there was. I remember a day I like, they put me. Like, I was a second string, and they put uh, uh, Farquad. What was what was Luke Nystrom? Luke Nystrom. They put. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Luke. But they put Farquad ahead of me, and I was so like, this is my senior. This is my last year. I was like, are you? I was like, and I knew why they did it, and yeah. internally I was mad. I was so like, it's like, I was mad at Coach Crusoe. Like I, I was really resentful, and I, mm-hmm. but I knew why he had to do it. And so like, yeah, I can be mad at him all my life for like, oh, you put some guy that I thought was not best. I was like, yeah, that's, that's that's what was best for the team. And so it's like, yeah, I'll soap about it for a couple minutes. And it's like, you know what? If my job is to go be a scout team player. Go give whoever's at nose guard the best look ever and kick the living crap out of them. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> but like that's how I mean that's how if it was whoever it was I I didn't care like I'm just gonna I'm gonna do my job to the best of my ability and give everything I got and I, you know it's my job that's how you gotta do it just yeah. embrace your role and if it even if it even if it's a janitor or if it's a lower level role embrace it have fun with it do, it. do something positive with it make it fun. Yeah. Exactly, dude. I love, it's, it's, I love that. I love that perspective. And just like, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters how you live in it, you know? Like, yeah. like you said, that general, and like... I love that. You could work 12 hours a day, five days a week, six days a week. You could be going home getting six hours of sleep. But find some way to make it... And it could suck to the outside, but just make it fun for you. Like, And that's why I wanted to... Like, so in my... In terms of like how I wanted to go through my life, I thought I was going to be a physical therapist because that's what... I'd always seen and done. And then I was like, nope, don't want to do that. Wanted to do AT. Then I spent some time with Jim, saw the amount of hours he's working. I was like, nope, don't want to do that. I want to be a strength coach. Because, like, at the end of the day, I knew I loved to train people and I loved to just, you know, make people better and mm-hmm. make be an impact on their life. And strength and conditioning as a coach was a way that I saw I could do that. And I was like, I don't care if the hours are 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, six days a week. I'm going to do it the best of my ability. If I change one kid's life, I did my job. Yeah, and if I didn't, if I did more than one kid, then I'm the happiest man alive. Yeah, and that's but that's twelve hours, fourteen hours a day of something you absolutely love. Exactly, and, and then and, uh, like Coach Coach Herm, I remember I was listening out on the way up, and he's like, I never, I haven't worked a day in my life, and it's, I was like, that's exactly how I, I don't care if I'm making thirty five k, fifty k, if I can figure out a way. Yeah. It's kind of like how my why is, and it's evolved since I was in high school to now. 
Like my why now is be a man for others and have the ability to just support a family when I have it. Like that's what I want to do. I want to like, first off, be a man for others, give what I can to make people happy. Do I fail at that? Yeah, but I'm not, again, continuous theme here, I'm not perfect. Yeah. But I'm gonna try to be as perfect as I can, be a man for others, give what I can to people, and then at some point in my life, be able to support my family just enough that they can have a pretty good life. Yeah. And I'll sacrifice whatever I gotta sacrifice to do that. You're where you are now. You have your why identified. You know You know what you're looking for out yeah. of life right now. Yeah. Um, what, how are you staying true to your why? How are you staying on the path that you've put yourself on? And what, what are your daily struggles and, and how are you just smashing through those every day? Well, I'm uh, to to copy off of the back pocket podcast. I'm widely average at facing my struggles. I that's like one of like I I'm I like I remember seeing this on my Snapchat was or not Snapchat it was like Instagram whatever it was. It was Mark Amick talking about his average crawler was waking up, and I can guarantee <laughs> right now waking up at four in the morning. I remember back in the early days it was three in the morning. Waking up that early was like the worst, and I like I struggled with it. But now that you know I've gone through a year, year and a half of working in Northwestern doing this, is like I figured out how I can just motivate myself to get up early. And that I mean that's the struggle, just getting up. And then once I get going, I mean I it's just easy. It's just like my job makes it easy for me. I should say easy. It's worthy. Yep. It's like it's just I don't have. I, my waking up is my, my struggle. And That's once a real I, struggle. Once I wake up, once I put my feet on the ground, once I get in my car, once I turn on my loud EDM music and I'm fist pumping down Lakeshore Drive trying yeah. to find Spanos, like, <laughs> that's, like, my life just becomes great. And, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm visioning the day and I know what we got that day and I get to the facility and I just, you look at this amazing $270 million facility. Oh, yeah. Shout out Northwest. And that's, it's, to be honest, the best facility in the country. I don't care what anybody says. When you step in that weight room and you see Lake Michigan across where you step in that Ryan Fieldhouse and you see that lake, it is, I don't know why you would want to go anywhere else. I can't wait until we go visit. It's amazing. And so, so I, you get there and set things up and the music pumping and like, Coach Banos wants the music pumping. So I, I get, it's fine. Like, I love it. Coffee's brewing. You get your coffee and everything's set up and you're just there to attack the day and you're trying to make someone's day better. Like, that's just, and, and that's where my struggles, like, again leave when I have to wake up everything else is just a positive of why I want to do what I do it's like I'm you get to make someone's day better like even at a lowly intern spot where I'm just writing down numbers and setting up and picking stuff down you build relationships with these players like you get to talk to them yeah so you learn so many stories and you get to see them progress like being a guy who like you know you look at the sheets and you know everybody's maxes like I see how guys improve, and I'm like, and when they hit a PR and you mark it down, you get excited with them. It's like, this is awesome. I'm watching someone get better. And it's, it, it, the only hard part is leaving that. It's like, so it's like the hardest part is like waking up and then just leaving. It's like, I want to stay here all day and will train, like, will help train, like, help, just help Northwestern football program become better. Yeah. And then and, and every day, just wake up. That's the hardest part, and leaving. That's it. Everything else in general is just, I get to do what I love. Well, and what Becker, that sounds like Becker's flow state that he talks about. It's just yes. like you're you're in the moment and you're oh, doing absolutely what it, you love. I and the reason why and people are like, well, why why is it so hard to leave? I said I don't think you understand that euphoria, that yeah. energy that Coach Hooten has started, Coach Fitz has started, and that the assistants carry and the players carry. That energy is a drug. 
Like, I can understand why, like, no one wants to leave the Division One level because you got all these kids buying into this program, and it's a little bit harder at the D3 level because there's no mandatory, mandatory, like, workout hours. It's just, like, you show up, and yep. you can't force them to show up. But where D1, it's like, we're there to work. We're there to get better. And these kids buy in so well, and it, it's just like, oh, my, like, I love this. Yeah. And it's just awesome. It's and, and that's that and that and that high once we're done training, it goes down and you're cleaning up and you like the interns are helping and all of us are helping and it's just man, today was just a really good day. Yeah. Just a really good day. And, and you'll have your hard days, sorry to interrupt but yeah. you'll have your hard days and it, you know, they'll come, but not every day is perfect. But when you get those those high days, those mountain top days, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. So I think uh, what you said there, like people wonder, like why do you like it so much? They don't understand, like you, yeah, you're making, you're not, you could be making a lot more doing yeah, another I can be doing, job. Yeah, but like people and people are asking, like, why do you like it? I don't even think a lot of people have experienced what Beck, like what Becker calls the flow state, or like experienced the passion that you have for. It's, it's just, like, it's, yeah. It's, and having worked a job, worked to a couple jobs that like were that's not existent it's like it's like well there's really no other way to live other than that and people, my, my best friend from home Tyler Walter said it best you know Tyler yeah yeah and he said people hate passion or people are afraid of passion it's like yeah it, that's definitely the truth that's uh, we got so as you know coach Spanos is oh. all over barstool and yeah the other assistants you know the, the coach Flan formerly Coach Roscoe, but, I mean, they had one video at, when we were uh, at Kenosha, which is, like, kind of our, our camp. Yeah. It went viral, and it yeah. wasn't even supposed to be a viral video. It was supposed to be <laughs> just a workout video. Then, like, Coach, I remember Coach Finer was like, yeah, I didn't know it was viral. I was just working out. I was squatting. I was, like, doing my thing, and I was like, yeah. like, that's what they were doing, and they got so much backlash for it, and I was like, you don't know us. Yeah. Like, you don't know that's how we work. That's, like, that's who we are, and right. I'm not, like, it's... I, it's okay. I, it's not okay that people don't know. Like people are gonna. I mean, people are gonna judge you anyways. And oh, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's like, I'm just gonna. I'm, we're gonna do what we have to do to get our players hyped. Want, we're gonna do whatever we have to do to get them better, and that's how it's gonna be. Like the assistant coaches do that. We the interns help out as much as we can, uh, and and that's what we're gonna do. And if you don't like it, find me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you because I'm not gonna change your opinion. But that's your that's opinion. the thing. And many times, like the worthy path is the lonely path. Exactly. You know, and, like. And, yeah, a lot of times the more people that you have on the outside looking in that are living average lives, looking at somebody that's trying to break the mold, somebody that's trying to get off the path that leads to the same freaking world of mediocrity, like just being average. Like you guys are trying to break the path and they get pissed about that because it's like, well, everybody else is over here. Why are you over there? And it's like, because we don't want to be like everybody else, dude. Like, we want to be unique. We want to do it our way. And that starts with Coach Fitz, Coach Hooten, everybody on the staff wanting to do it the Northwestern Wildcat way, which is the Wildcat ways is do as hard as you can for as long as you can, and and that's what we're gonna do. Like the, the assistant strength that the the strength coaches are gonna train the guys as hard as they can for as long as they can. The football coaches are gonna coach as hard as they can for as long as they can. The players are gonna play as hard as they can for as long as they can. It's that's how we're gonna be. And if we're bringing juice, if we're bringing energy, and you don't like that, so be it. We're gonna keep doing our thing. You do your thing. Leave it at that. And that's that's kind of like how you turn into a program. I, I know I think it was our junior year where our whole thing uh, at St. Thomas was we wanted to put a rock on somebody's back. And that was our whole team as a whole mantra as a team is we were just going to put this rock on somebody's back and maybe they make it 
a quarter, maybe they make it two quarters, maybe they make it three quarters, but by that fourth quarter, it's going to crush them. Exactly. It's because they're not trained to go as hard as they can for as long as they can. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing as life. It's just like at your job, you just keep going, keep going, and yeah. chip away, chip away, chip away at this internship, dude. Like yeah, you're grinding at it, grinding at it, grinding and at it. And you're like, you, you're exactly, you're not seeing the huge payback yet, but eventually that rock is just going to break through. Yeah. And... Then the sky's the limit, dude. That's when everything comes together. That's when that momentum on that spin wheel just keeps flying. Yeah. And that's when it all makes sense. It's all worthy. You realize you're doing the right thing. And and, and, and yeah, like as you said, the gra- the glass will break, and you know something good might happen. But there's also, I mean, you got to be realistic. Something might not happen out of it. You might not get anything out of it. But that's not how it might. Like something bad could happen. I I might not get a job out of this. I might, you know, have wasted quote-unquote wasted a year and a half two years of my life just working for free but in my eyes i don't see how i wasted i gained so much knowledge as a strength coach so much knowledge as a person so many you know relationships connections and i've just learned so much in those two years that to say it's wasted would be a disservice to saying i wasted those two years like it's it's a disservice to that and i've it's wrong it's, it's completely wrong. It's wrong. Well, that was that. I mean, that was. Uh, I relate. <laughs> I relate to that so well because yeah. I interned for three free for three years at St. Thomas when I was at not with St. Thomas but at my internship. Yeah. Uh, I interned for for free for three years, and then when I started Yoakum Strength, the I trained people for free and like that type of thing, and like people around me, like some of the closest people around me were yeah. literally just chewing me out and like being so negative yeah. about this process I, I think, because. I think, yeah. They're like, you, you, you got to make money doing this. You, you got you got to be doing this. I was like, you don't understand what I'm getting back from this. The knowledge I'm receiving, the connections I'm receiving, who I'm becoming is going to tenfold increase. Exactly. If I just continue to push through. And it's like, people just like, and these were people that were super close to me and they were just, they hated it. I think Joe DeFranco once said, it was at like a Dave Tate conference for strength and conditioning coaches. And Joe DeFranco famously trained Triple H and a bunch of other famous celebrities and He's like, for young strength coaches, know your worth. Don't be afraid to do something for free. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to, you know, put your name out there and, and, and work at something that you don't really know or some, some along the lines of that where it's you're just putting yourself out there, you're learning a lot, and, yeah, you might do it for free, but you're gaining so much knowledge. You're gaining so much experience. Oh, and it's free in quotation marks because yeah, you're, free, yeah, you're gaining value, dude. Like, exactly. money, money doesn't do you any good if you can't do anything with it. If you have exactly. no... I tell you to give the people. I, I remember when I was like, when I told my mom I want to be a strength and conditioning coach, and I was like, I don't care if I get paid 50K for the rest of my life. If that can help support a family when I have it long down the line, if I save enough, if I can help support a family and I get, you know, I work long hours, but I know I love what I'm doing, I'm going to do it till the day I die. Or something along the lines of that, like some version of strength and conditioning work. Because at the end of the day, I get paid with a smile on a kid's face or oh, and a you, PR or a kid just getting better. And, and you come home with a smile on your face is yeah. the thing. And with the value you're able to give your family that exactly. because you exactly. enjoy life. It is so much better than if you had worked, right. made that hundred six figures at a job you yeah. hated and you came home with that six figures, but and, and you're just pissed at the exactly. world. Exactly. If you look pissed at the world, it's just more stress on you. And it's like, I don't want to live with that. Yeah, I have stress from work and I, you know, I got to do things. Uh, for, you know, my boss that's expected on this date and, yeah. you know, I got some stress with that, but I don't want to add stress of, oh, this stinks, this is horrible. I want to be like, this is awesome. I'm living my best life, you know. And this is the thing. It's like, it's awesome. We love it. It's good. Doesn't mean it's easy. 
No. Like, and that's like, what was it? It shouldn't be easy. It's, it's not easy. Like, this is what I like. I don't want people to misconstrue this as like, my job's hard, so like, maybe that's not, like, it's not easy. It's long freaking hours. It's grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah. But that's different than being worth it, you know? Like, exactly. I, I, it's just, yeah, it's hard, and there's a lot of hours, and there's, you know, you have to do so much, and, you know, you're expected of so much, and you have to do all these things, and it might seem like a lot. But at the end of the day, that's what the job requires. Yeah. You are you have so many hats as a strength coach. You're a role model. You're a you know for some kids a father figure. You're a you know someone to lean their shoulder and cry on. You're yeah. someone to hype them up when they're down. That's you're you're a teacher. You're it's just so many hats that you gotta wear. And I love being that type of person because I want to make a difference in someone's life. And if I do that, I it's just I can sleep at night making fifty k or whatever the even thirty k. Yeah. 15k what, I don't care whatever it is just as long as I can live sustainably as long as I can have food on my plate have a bed to sleep in I'm happy well I mean odds are it, you're gonna have more than that because if you love something or put more time to it you're gonna get better yeah. at it you're gonna, you know so it's and but the, the, who even cares exactly it's not even the, the thing so with somebody that's let's say it's your player Somebody yeah. listening, you have a player listening right now, somebody's yeah. listening, what is the 15 second message that Murph can give to the world that can change somebody's life? Uh, fifth, I don't know if it would be 15 seconds, it I, love, I love talking, yeah. if you haven't figured that out. Hit them up. <laughs> it's, whether you're in the lowest of low or highest of highs, just go. That's a great mm-hmm. Just go. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you're down in the dumps, your girlfriend broke up with you, you, you failed the test. Life sucks. Just go. Because it will get better. There's mm-hmm. a light at the end of the tunnel. And and basically, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Remember what it was to feel like at that sucky point. Remember those feelings. Because once you get to that light, and once you shoot through and you're at the highest of highs, remember that feeling as well. Because if you remember how horrible that lowest of lows feel, you work just as hard to keep that highest of highs. Mm-hmm. So you just got to go. And wherever you're at in life, whether you're an intern or you're the biggest CEO, always just go and either get better at life, make someone's day, just do something, live your life. Because life ain't going to stop. Life's just going to keep going and going. It's going to pass us by and long after all gone, our names are going to be forgotten. But my goal is to hopefully be someone that, you know, my name isn't that forgotten by as many people. If that makes sense, I don't. Want, I want to be someone that's touched so many lives, and even if it starts with one, that's fine. But if I can touch so many lives throughout my whole entire life, and I make an impact on all of them by just starting with one person, I live my life to the fullest, and that's all I care about. Beautiful. That's awesome. I mean, and this is where we transition yeah. from our why, from what makes us us, from the struggles we've gone through, the mountains we're at, to how we got there, to what do we do. Yeah. So, Brendan Murphy, you are a strength coach, strength intern, if you want to be called, <laughs> at Northwestern. Back. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, because this is a strength training podcast, we have some coaches listening. Yeah. What's, what's your strength philosophy? How, what was it before you left? How has it changed? What's your, like, main goal for every athlete that you have? What's uh, your process? So, I do, I do, like, some coaching on the side in terms of, like, with mm-hmm. some other people that I have. I do some online programming, and my goal is different uh it's whatever it's it, my goal for the athlete is whatever they want to accomplish like mm-hmm. for instance let's say there's a guy that i've worked with that he wants to get bigger he wants to put on some size oh i'm gonna get you bigger um 
you know, if it's a kid that's trying to be the best athlete he can be, well, let's see what you're weak at. Let's find your strength. Let's improve those strengths, but also improve those weaknesses like crazy. It's basically making the most well-rounded athlete and turning over every stone to make sure you are that best athlete that you can be. And that's kind of how what I've learned at Northwestern is that we, we'll get that three-star kid. We'll get that two-star two kid. And they've got the frame, but they don't have the size. They, they might have the, the speed, but, again, they're just not that fully developed D1 awesome player. Mm -hmm. They're not that full five-star. So what my philosophy has kind of been adapted to Northwestern's philosophy and, and has made a little bit made sense to me is that I'm going to do everything in my power to make you the best athlete you can be so you can achieve every goal that you want to achieve. Because I didn't achieve all my goals. As a, I remember when I was leaving Loyola, I wanted to you know, be a conference champion. I wanted to be a starter at St. Thomas. I wanted to win a national championship. Well, we won a conference championship. I wasn't a starter, and we didn't win a national championship. So out of the three goals, I went one for three. Mm -hmm. One of those goals I can never do again, and that's be a starter. That's, I can't do that. But there's one goal in being a national champion. That's for as long as I live, that will be my driving force. And yeah, it's a result, but I have to do everything in that process to get to that to get result. To, yeah. Do everything I can within that process to make sure that result happens. Mm -hmm. And so, whatever it takes, I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna help that kid or client, whatever it is, and I'm gonna make sure. Whatever they need, if it's more mobility, if it's more strength, if it's learning just how to move, whatever that is, that's what I'm going to do and make sure that that athlete, person, whoever it is, is going to be the best person they can be. So watching these athletes move, seeing way more athletes than probably you had before you left St. Thomas yeah. just because you get more experience, what are like common errors, would you say, in athletes' movements? Uh, like What are weaknesses that you think? What are, what's something you think an athlete that's listening to this could probably focus on and improve? So the first thing in my eyes is like base level movements that, mm -hmm. and, and like, like, just starting with the weight room is how you squat how you bend how because if you if you can learn how to squat you can learn how to bend and you can learn how to triple extend you can learn how to sprint you can learn how to jump so it's just learning how to in, in terms of a squat you know breaking at the hips first keeping a 45 degree back making sure you have a neutral spot all that stuff like, and you can go for days on that yeah but making sure that they can bend well move properly and efficiently as possible without getting themselves hurt. You do that in the weight room, you do every possible movement in there, then you can bring it out on the field in terms of running, making sure they're decelerating, loading the proper muscles, loading the proper joints at certain angles. If they're taking off in a sprint, making sure their shin angle's correct, making sure they have their, all these things. Just if you start in the weight room, make sure they can move properly there, then you can bring it out to the field, move properly there, then they can be a really efficient athlete. Mm -hmm. So that's how you know, if anything for any athlete, if you're learning where to start, don't worry about your bench. Don't worry about your squat. That'll come. If you can, if, again, like you said, I, I forget what podcast was, like if you build a home on a sand or a beach, whatever it is, yep. it's going to fall. Yeah. But if you build a, a home on a great foundation, a good hard surface, learning how to move properly in this case, then you're going to be able to squat a lot of weight. You're going to be able to bench. Like, I remember I didn't have any good posterior chain muscles in my back. All I did was bench, like any typical high schooler. And so I was just anteriorly rotating my shoulders. I was just hunched over and, like, not good posture. But I learned, you know, after being here, learned taking kinesiology classes, all that stuff, learning how to properly, you know, stand, learning how to, like, how to fix that. Then I was like, all right, let's fix that so I can properly move better and I can feel, like, my shoulders feel better. I can feel my, in terms of squatting correctly, breaking out my hips and not my knees. I learned how to squat better. And I haven't, had, like, I've torn 
had two, I think, grade one tears in my patella. I never got them really checked out, but they were pretty sure they were torn. And I remember, like, I couldn't, like, I had also had a herniated disc, and all, like, I was just, I wasn't moving correctly. Mm-hmm. So once I figured out how to move properly, everything else fixed itself. And that's, and I, I learned, I squatted more. I squatted 565 after Squattober. Bench 375, fixed my shoulder. Like, deadlift. I, I had a herniated disc. I didn't think I was going to play football again. I can now deadlift 600 pounds on a regular bar, 705 on a trap bar. Like, I learned how to move properly my sophomore year. Once I figured that out, I was like, all right, that's what you have to start with. You got to learn how to move properly, and then we can do the other things. We can get stronger. We can pull down size. We can become faster. Yeah, exactly. So building, building the first thing yeah. first. Yes. Build, build the foundation of learning how to move properly, having good mobility, having good mechanics in everything you do, whether it's running, squatting, push-ups, pull-ups, everything learning how to move and then put load on that i remember when i went and visited northwestern when i was a senior in high school junior we went we went as juniors and seniors but coach took a handful of us and i remember talking to fitzgerald in the weight room and i was like so who's your strongest player he's like oh i don't know i don't really care and i was like oh you don't care and he's like no i don't care at all i mean we got some guys who are pretty strong but it's all about keeping them healthy and making the player stronger yeah. on the field. Like, it's, it's for football. Yeah, and, that's, and, and it's funny you say that. It's, in our recruiting talks, we always talk about coach, like our former strength coach before Coach Hoon. He had this thing called the Iron Cat, which is like the PR board, and you had to hit certain marks, like as a, either a linebacker or a wide receiver or a line. You had to hit certain marks to be that Iron Cat. And the greatest Northwestern football player, possibly greatest college football player to ever play, Coach Patrick Sherrill, was never an Iron Cat. So, like, and he's one of the greatest players of all time. So, you don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to meet these benchmarks. You just have to be the best you you can be. And that's that's how we are. We're, we're going to teach you how to move properly. We're going to get you as strong as possible right. for yourself. And then we're going to ship you off to the NFL because that's what your dream is. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like being strong in a squat has benefits, but it has so little carryover when you get to such a certain level. Yeah. The, the, the perception, the cognitive abilities you have on the field your ability to not only move in a sagittal plane like a squat is but being able to move in a transverse plane being able to rotate being able to move your body like you said building that foundation off that body like going up and down i I do believe it has its benefits producing force force, teaching your body once you're you have that ability to produce force you have to be able to display that and that's one of the things i talk about like if you're you have that ability to produce it but you're not producing it Adding more to your squat is not your issue, no. you know. Okay. Like you have to be an athlete. That's yeah. what you are. You're not a powerlifter. So I'm maybe, maybe, maybe sprint more. Maybe yeah. your ankles are weak. Maybe something is like something is keeping you from displaying yeah. that force. Whether it's your mobility in your ankle, you, like you got a tight ankle, so you can't form, you can't properly get in a correct forty stance, which is in allowing you to explode as much as you possibly can using that all that strength you use. And the squat and the quads and all that stuff. So you don't have that right ankle mobility. So you don't get a good get off, and then you can't properly plantar flex, dorsiflex while you're running, or you might have tight hips. You can't get that uh, great knee drive. Like you, you, there's so many aspects to being an athlete, and squatting is just a little one percent of it. Well, and the thing is, there, like the reason maybe you're a really phenomenal squatter is because you've spent 15 years squatting, exactly, and you're neuromuscularly just wired to squat. Yeah. How about we play 10 to 15 years of your sport? 
Exactly. How about we do that and yeah. we teach everybody how to play football? You know, like football players, not powerlifter. Football players, it, football players. Yeah. So you've got and to be and that, that, that's the first thing I said when I sat down with the football team. It's like my goal is not you're, you're you're a football player. My goal is not to make you a powerlifter. My goal is not to make you a bodybuilder. My goal is not to make you a yogi master. You know, like my goal is to use all of these tools in my toolbox to make you a better football player. It doesn't, doesn't matter what tool works for you, but one of these tools is going to make you a better football player. You are missing in one of these parts. We can improve on every single one of you. Yeah. How can we make you a better football player? And you use all those tools, your powerlifting, your Olympic lifting, your yoga, your mobility, your stretch, everything. You use all those to make that complete packaged athlete. And if you can do those really, really well, you'll be a really good athlete. Yeah. One of the other things I like that you brought up is the posterior chain. And we yeah. talked about this a bunch on the yeah. before. Uh, we oh, were talking yeah. for like an hour about yeah, this, yeah. geeking out. But just give a little insight about why that's so important for uh, people. So there's always this idea, like the most important muscles that you always hear about, the ones you can't see. Yeah. That's your back, your glutes, your hamstrings. And in terms of, you know, for instance, like let's go with a baseball player, a pitcher. So like we have our interior delt that's you know strong our pec strong so if that's all really strong what's preventing my arm from popping out of my socket everything in the back my rear delts my lats my rhomboids so if i'm applying so much force coming through i gotta have just as like equal force or as much force in the back to prevent my shoulder from coming out like i gotta keep this whole thing healthy you can only start where you can stop yeah and so when like you do a, a quad dominant exercise like running i gotta have be able you know that's why you see someone like in terms of running mechanics, you see why someone in pelvic tilt and all that stuff, you can see why someone hamstrings it. But i got to be able to balance my quad-dominant running motion and my quad-dominant squatting motion with my posterior chancel so I can keep everything healthy, my knees healthy, my hips healthy. And, and, and so that's why, and your shoulders healthy in terms of your benching. So that's why the posterior chain, you know, if you're upper body, you got to do two, like let's say you do 100 pushing reps, which is a, a lot. Yeah. Let's say you do 100 pushing reps. You gotta do two hundred pull reps. Mm -hmm. You gotta have that two to one ratio, and that can be in the form of a dumbbell row, barbell row, any sort of row, any sort of pull down, any sort of you know face pull, any rear delt stuff. I'd prefer to just think about it in terms of your lats or mid back doing a pull or uh, in terms of a row or vertical horizontal vertical pull. Um, so like you can do that, but also if you want to get you know you want to get your rear delts you know working because obviously you're working your interior delts while you know pressing as well, shoulder pressing. Bench pressing, so you got to make sure that shoulder's healthy because that's one of the. It's this either I can't remember if it's the hip. No, it's the second most mobile joint next to the hip. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with the hips. Like if I if I don't have my glutes turned on, and if I don't have my posterior chain turned on, and all I'm doing when I'm landing from a jump as a wide receiver coming on the air, and I land only with my quads, right. I'm gonna put so much stress on my knees. There goes your ACL. Yeah, there goes my patella tendon. That, like that's everything. So if I learn to build up my glutes, build up my hamstrings, and I can take that force away from my knees. Put it back here. Learn how to decelerate properly. That's you know that's gonna keep you longevity in the game. That's gonna that, yeah. you gotta know. You can lift as heavy, and that's how it was when I was younger. I used to just squat, bench. I didn't do any pull-ups, rows. I didn't care about that stuff. I cared about squatting and benching. And then I got my shoulders hurt. Then I got my knees hurt, and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I was an idiot. <laughs> and so like, 
you just have to train smart. You can train like a meathead. I train like a meathead. Like <laughs> we all do. Like we're meatheads. That's that's what we do. But we're smart meatheads. Like everybody thinks we're dumb jocks. But we're smart meatheads because we know how to train, keep our bodies healthy. Yeah. Because and uh, add on add on to that too is like it's not it's every single motion we do in sports is front side. Like you know like we're yeah. rounding ourselves forward. We're bench pressing. We're running with our quads. We're quad dominant. But also look like everybody's sitting right now. Yeah. I, I hunched over. Like if we're on a phone, if we're on our phones or, or T-spines, wrote, is it in a forward fold? And I'm just sitting there looking at my phone, texting Becky, like, oh, what's the party tonight? Like, yeah. like my psoas is tightening up. My hips are tightening up. So once I start running, I start opening up. Boom, that's how a hip flexor oh, yeah. goes. And 100%. now it's like, oh, why is this hurting? It's like, well, you're sitting like this. All day, every day. And you got to bring yourself back. And yeah. that's not like one of the things we do. And I, we showed you some of the program is like, the, like the mat winning warm-ups. But the reason we do that is like, we start off four sets of 25 posterior. Yeah. Four sets of 25 poles, face poles, mm -hmm. banded poles, you know. Yeah. I don't think it has to be something that's really messing up, but like, do a band, open up that upper back, give yourself be upper stable. back some love. That's, I yeah. mean, like, when, when you talk about the bench press, every powerlifter will tell you the lats are the stable. That's what keeps right. you all pulled in nice and tight. So if your lats aren't strong enough to hold a 405 bench press, you'll understand, like, you'll see, like, if I'm losing, if I'm shaking out of the hole on my bench, I don't have any stability. That's 405 pounds above my chest. I gotta be able to stabilize that stuff. And if I can, I'm not gonna be able to press it. So you gotta be able to work. So everything matters. Everything matters in terms of the body and you gotta be able to train those equally as important as the ones you wanna train. So if you wanna train your chest, just, you, you know, if you're gonna train your chest, you gotta train your chest and you gotta train your back just as hard. Yep. I love that. So. The, the, the last thing I want to talk yeah. about and touch on with your training philosophy yeah. is, and I break this down to my athletes all the time, it's like, I got two hours with my athletes. Yeah, you got two hours. How, how many hours are in a day? 24? 24. So that means 26. 22 hours of the day, they're by themselves. Exactly. The two hours that I'm with them really is not going to mean a lot if they mess up the other 22 hours. So in the other 22 hours, we talk about nutrition, mobility, how, what are their recovery methods? Oh, how do they take gosh. care of their body? If they piss away these other 22 hours, my two hours with them mean nothing. Exactly. My, th my question is, what do you do with your athletes to try and improve upon these other 22 hours? What are your message for the other 22 hours? Ooh. It's not, again, as I appreciate you thinking that I run everything in Northwestern, but I don't. <laughs> I just I just spread the message as best I Coach Hoot methods, Coach Fitz, Coach everybody, all those assistant coaches, I just try to spread their message. And our message through uh, our nutrition staff that does such a wonderful job, uh, Katie, she's just a, she's our head nutritionist, and she does a great job with our kids, telling them what they need to eat, when they need to eat, how much they need to eat. She has a perfect plan for them to making sure, so that we do all this work, those two hours we have with our athletes. We do everything that we know is going to help them become the most successful athlete they can be. Now they've got 22 hours by themselves to, you know, do whatever they need, to, like on their own, do what they have to do to become successful. And that's eating properly, making sure they're getting enough calories. That if they need to gain weight, they gain weight. If they need to maintain weight, they're eating enough calories just to maintain. And if they need to lose weight, eating enough so they lose the proper amount so it stays off. And that's that's where nutrition comes in, eating correctly so you're not constantly bloated, not constantly feeling sluggish, but eating the foods that make you feel Great. So what 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 are those foods? And and what that's, that's a perfect do? question. Like it, it, it all depends on who you are. Stan Efferding is a guy that I you know follow. He's a professional bodybuilder. He's the world's strongest uh, bodybuilder. And he talks about that. I don't eat foods that make me happy. I make I eat foods that make me happy an hour later. 
Mm-hmm. So like things I can digest easily and I don't feel bloated, I don't feel sluggish, so I can have a good workout or I can, you know, I can recover better. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that athlete needs to figure out. And for a lot of these D1 athletes, they can, they're college kids. They can eat whatever they want. They're going to digest quickly. Right. And it's going to make them happy. And, and that's, it's trial by error. So like, all right, I had these potatoes this one day and I felt sluggish, but I had, you know, you know this sort of carbohydrate. Then you know the next day, and I feel great. Well, let's continue to work off of that, and you keep doing that, and keep doing something. Well, I feel great, so I know that this works. And and the, our nutritionist staff does just such a great job in telling them, hey, in teaching the kids, hey, this food helps with has this many vitamins, which can help you and aid your performance this way. And you know having this much carbs, this much protein, taking this much in terms of water, Gatorade, whatever. So they do such a great job in teaching the guys, this is what you need to do to gain that size or lose that fat mass so you can keep your muscle and gain muscle mass. And they, I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how great of a job they do. And then in terms of like, you know, we talk about mobility, sleep, I know you probably jump the gun, but mobility, I mean, that's us, like, and our AT staff knowing, knowing what the athlete needs to benefit themselves. Like, so we have a program for them that's a personalized program that they have on their phone that they can use to that betters them in terms of their mobility. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's obviously it's kind of like the FMS test, but a little bit different. Yep. But they spot their weaknesses and then they give extra, that app spits out exercises for them so that they can, uh, you know, better their mobility, better their ankle mobility, hip mobility, all shoulder mobility, making sure everything's stable, all that. And then once they can do that, that makes them the better athletes so they can move better. You know, implementing that has just, has done really well for us and seeing guys you know that really focus on it have become better athletes and we, it's it's proven on the field like we see it yep. and then in terms of sleep i can't stress sleep enough for your athletes like it is the when you sleep you are uh producing hgh all, all the good stuff that you need to grow uh testosterone all that and so if you don't get your full two rem cycles of sleep every four like a rem cycle for four hours if you don't get those eight hours of sleep you're not getting all the HGH, testosterone, natural stuff that you need to grow and get better. And especially for, you know, if you're a small offensive lineman, you need to get big. Like, that's just how it has to happen. Like, yep. You've got to be, as an old lineman, you can't be small. You have to be, a, or if you're a D lineman, you've got to be big and athletic and strong, not fat, but strong muscular build. And so, you know, that's where you can aid that in getting bigger is sleep, fully getting those eight hours. And if that means, you know, let's say on a Saturday night, typical. We're all going out. We're all, you know, partying and all that stuff. Like, I'm a college kid. We're all college kids. We know that. But if, I mean, I know D1 athletes that don't do that. Mm-hmm. D1 athletes are focused on getting 8 to 10 hours of sleep, focused on getting every meal, every calorie they can to get themselves better, doing every ounce of mobility they can to make themselves better because that's what they want to do. They want to make themselves the best athlete they can be to get to the NFL. And that's what has opened my eyes working the D1 level is that mindset of, you know, a D3 athlete, me, I didn't really – I did what I needed to do, and I, I failed at it, and wasn't the best at it. I really know, and so I, I don't feel like I reached my potential. But these guys at the D1 level just, they do everything. It's almost, it's like, hey, you guys got to rest. Like, there's some kids you got to be like, hey, you just need to go home and sit on the couch and watch TV. Like, you're doing, you're, you're spending too much time on your feet. Yeah. So it's, I mean, your nutrition is important because it aids you in growing. Your mobility is important because it allows you to move better, and your sleep just allows you to grow and feel rejuvenated for that next workout. And I can't. So those those twenty two hours are incredibly crucial to benefit you as an athlete. Well, that's why I talk like with my athletes. I'm like, 
the two hours you're with me, like those are the easy hours. Yes, oh, yeah. like they're grueling and like get after it and you're tired after it. But man, those are the easy hours. Like, what are you doing when nobody's watching? Like, are you, are you keeping plan A, plan A? Like, that's what the ton of people tell me they, they, they want to be All-Americans. Like, like your guys, they want to go to the league. Well, what are their actions to get there? Because if they're, they're working out, then they're eating Mickey D's and then they're sleeping four hours a night. Like, playing Fortnite, that's like our biggest thing nowadays. Is every kid wants to play Fortnite and get every skin on the map available, whatever yeah. it is. I don't play Fortnite, so I have no idea. But they're staying up and playing Fortnite and they're only getting four hours of sleep, and we got a, probably a max squat day the next day. Like, how are you supposed to perform a max effort squat? Hundred, like 93% for us for reps. How are you? Like, how are you supposed to do that? And it's just not keeping plan A, plan A, you know? Yeah, like, don't yeah. tell me you want plan A and then do things that lead to plan B. Like, either change your goals or change your actions, you exactly. know? Like, there, there's no other way around it. Like, change your goal, change your actions. So, there was another, um, with the sleep and mobility, uh, I was interested, what are your, like, tightest spots? Like, what are, what are the spots that you really see in athletes that they need to focus on mobility-wise? Hips, I, I mean, I'm just seeing a lot of guys with tight hips. Yeah. I mean, that's just... You're sitting, especially as a student, you're sitting all day in class. You're, you're, you're in hip flexion the whole entire time. So, you know, your hip flexion is getting tight. Your psoas is getting tight. So if you can work on, you know, cre- keeping that range of motion in the hip, keeping it loose, that's going to help you with running and getting that full triple extension. And that leads down to the ankle. If the ankle's tight, you can't get that full triple extension. And that's what's going to lead you to produce the, the most amount of force, you know, when running, when playing, whenever. Like, it's having the hip mobility and ankle mobility to do that. And then shoulder, shoulder stability. Like, if you you, know, you see a lot of guys with shoulder injuries, if their shoulders aren't stable, like, that's, that's a loose joint. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. If it's not stable, then, I mean, that's something. That's where that posterior chain comes into play. Like, if I can keep that shoulder stable locked in while punching, while throwing as a quarterback, while making an ta- open-arm tackle as a linebacker, like, that's incredibly important, and that's – you know those little things that are going to make you that great player. That mobility in your shoulder, your hips and your ankles. That stability in your shoulder. That even for some old linemen, that's you know they might need a little mobility. Might be tight. But just doing all those little things, the mobility, the nutrition, the sleep. That's what's going to take you that to that edge. Because we'll do all the mental stuff as a strength coach. We'll do all that mental stuff in terms of writing the the quote unquote perfect program, and we'll get you to progress to being as strong as possible and as fast as possible. But I can only do so much. We can only do so much as a coach. You have to do the nutrition. You have to, I mean, I can guide you. I can tell you what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, all that stuff, how to sleep, when to sleep, what to do mobility-wise. But then it's on you. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. And if you don't do it, you're never going achieve, to achieve your goals. So at the end of the day, you just got to put your head down, go, do it, do the mobility, do the nutri- nutrition. And it might not be fun. And it might not be easy, but it's worth it. It's going to get you to that end goal that you want to be whether it's a, a star it, it could even be the lowest thing of being a second stringer if, mm-hmm. if that's your goal for that year being the best second stringer you can be then do that and the next year you're a starter and the next year conference you know conference player and then you're an all-american then you're national you know it's like all like all those little goals all those little things will help achieve those big goals that you need to do i love it cool thanks for being on murph hey thanks for having me this was awesome i was so excited to do this Especially driving up here, I was like trying to figure out like, oh, what they're gonna ask me. I have no idea, and I was like, it doesn't matter what they ask me. We're just gonna go. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk. Go. We talk. We talk. Go. Do stuff. We inspire. We enlighten. Hey, if if I can inspire people, that's I've done my job. So. Thanks for being on, Mars. Yeah, you have. Uh, Real quick to close. Um, 
I'm gonna make a quick declaration because Austin and I said we're gonna do a little updates at the end of the podcast about uh, training updates and life updates. Um, so my training going great. Uh, just finished week one here of my new program. <laughs> focused on uh, quads, calves, and arms. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. You gotta have sexy arms and sexy quads. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Loving it. I'm getting a lot stronger already. Can already tell. Uh, how, how do you end every uh, workout? Wow, a hundred tricep extension variations and a hundred calves. <laughs> Dang oh, straight, baby. baby. The showtime. Bobby, yeah. baby, that's how you're gonna Volume. grow. That's oh, how you're gonna grow. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm growing. Yep. I feel I'm dying right now. Hey. What about uh, what's going rough. on in life right now? What's going on? Any job? Any interviews? Um, anything coming up? Had a job interview this last week. Um, just trying to continue to search and explore career options. Right now, we're looking at a handful of options. Looking at going into the construction industry. Looking at going back to school and get trying to get my physical therapy degree. Looking at becoming a teacher. Looking at going in the military. So that's where we're at right now. And then um, another quick declaration I have to make, and I'm going to say it because Jordan Peterson said if you say things, you speak them into reality. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's also like doing these, doing these podcasts, Murph, is kind of like a little bit of a confession. Yeah. Because you hear yourself talk and you're like, wow, yeah. I don't live up to what I'm yeah. saying. It holds like, you accountable. Right. It really does. Yeah. And, um, really makes you want to live up to that standard. You have to. So I'm going to come out and say it. I ate a jar of peanut butter in two days. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Like, it's, like, not, it's not fine, but it's, it's like... It's not fine. It's not fine. <laughs> so I have, I have an addiction, and I am not going to eat peanut butter for the next week, so that way when we record this damn podcast next week, I'm not going to be eating peanut butter. I'm going to hold myself to it. I love um, it. I love it. And going home to see my grandma and grandpa this week. Life is great. Easter weekend. Life's great. Yeah. Life's great. Same. Uh, birthday was on Monday. Happy uh, birthday. Yeah. Turned 23. Old. Oh. There's not. You're there's 20. Jeez. There, I just turned 24. That was like the scariest thing for me too. There's there's no like cool birthdays anymore. 25. Yeah. 25. Yeah. That's when you can run a car by yourself. That's oh, the last there you one. go. <laughs> 25. When I turned 25, I made it. Hey, man. It's the little things. The little um, things you got to look in life in the pond. So we're going forward in that. Um. I, honestly, though, like, Monday was my birthday, and just the amount of, like, support and, like, reach outs and stuff like that, I, it, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I was, like, woke up, I'm, like, 23, like, it doesn't really matter. And just the amount of, like, messages and, like, phone calls and, like, things. Like, I'm truly grateful for you guys. Like, it's, it's crazy just supporting the message, supporting the brand. Like, I, I, was, I, was, so, I was a softie on Monday. I was, like, holy shit, dude. Like, it, it touched <laughs> me. It, it was crazy. Um... Training-wise, um, no weakness. No weakness. <laughs> Training-wise, uh, finishing up my uh, program I've been experimenting on. Uh, it's a mass program. Uh, honestly, my my training has not been what it's like when I was an athlete. When I was an athlete, my full goal was to attack being the best athlete I can yeah. be. Right now, I'm trying to attack being the best business owner I can be, being the best trainer I can be. So a lot of the things have... It's just, it's not taking a backseat. I'm still attacking nutrition, still attacking sleep. It's just not to the level it once was, you know? So Austin it, doesn't sleep. It, it's, 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 been, it's been a different, it's been a different, uh, I, when, I, when I played, I was legit, like, would go to bed at 10. 10 hours, yeah. And it was 8 to 10 hours every single night religiously. I would get mad at people that would mess up my sleep. 
I would get mad at people that would mess up my eating. Uh, I was pretty selfish and like drawn towards becoming the best football player I could be. We're dropping down to about four to six hours of sleep right now, probably close to the four hours, just trying to attack the business, trying to become the best business person. And I'm not recommending this to anybody. Um, I'm just going right now, the momentum's going in the point in the business that you have to be attacking it. Um, and I think trying to attack this point in my life to where we can get back to a normal sleep schedule. I'm not saying this is sustainable at all, but right now I think it's to a point where it has to be. Yeah. Um, and just attacking that and going forward from there. Um, make hay while the sun shines. Exactly. Yeah, do yes, what you sir. gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. And we're, we're making progress there. So that's the kind of thing. Easter weekend this weekend, going home right. to see the fam. Um, pretty excited. I don't go home too many times, maybe once or twice a year. Um, so. It's gonna be fun. Go back to the small town of Foley, see the fam, see the brother. Um, Are you gonna go to church? Yeah. Yeah. Hit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, up to church. Um, go to church. Maybe play some softball this weekend. It's supposed to be warm out. Trying to get the boys back together. Play I'm a little softball. I'm gonna try to play some. Try to play some golf with uh, Joey Puck. Oh yeah, Joey Buck, dude. He's uh, he was on the yoga strength, baby. I love Joey. Oh, we gotta get Joey on the podcast. We do. Murph, what about you? What's your what well, gives your strength update? Like your strength uh, training? What you been training? So funny enough, before I was uh, coming up here, I was writing my next uh, strength program. Just the oh, nice. the goal is to hit a four hundred five bench press. Mm. Um, you know, by the summertime, uh, I have a twelve <laughs> month. Well, in the summertime, well, I have a twelve week program that will hopefully okay. allow <laughs> me to hit that four hundred five in twelve weeks. Um, we'll see. I'm testing on myself. And then on the other parts of that, just uh, reinforcing the squat movement. I haven't really squatted that much. I've just been, you know, busy with work. And so I'm to try to get back into squatting and trying to hit my old six rep max. And then for deadlift, just try to improve on that 705 trap bar deadlift, which is uh, hopefully hopefully at some point Chase uh, Euless Payne's 1,000 pound deadlift. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to get Euless on pretty Dude, soon, but that man's yeah, a beast. Yeah, he Euless recently just had 1,000 pounds, and I was like, you are the worst. I don't He's like a gorilla. He's a, man. He's a big man. He's a big man. He's something. He's what, 400 some pounds, right? I have no idea. I, I got to talk to that guy. Woo! He's a big boy. Um, oh, real quick also. Set out a goal to do a 48 hour fast. Did it. Crushed it, baby. I was I'd with highly, him. I'd highly recommend. 48 hour fast? I'd highly recommend trying it. Wow. If you want spiritual, and physical, then he, and then, mental growth. And then he ate a whole jar of peanut butter. Yeah, so, <laughs> now I just got to carry that discipline out. <laughs> Uh, you and peanut hour butter. 49. You and peanut butter. Uh, no, hours like, well, how many hours are in a week? 168 um, into those rest of those hours. But yeah, um, if you're thinking about fasting, do it. Okay, Yoakum. Oh, sorry. I didn't get our support. Um, support by following Yoakum on Instagram at Yoakum Strength. Um, you can check out his website for, sorry, Instagram handles at Austin Yoakum. And he posts daily training videos, one training video a day um, on there. Keeps you engaged. And if you buy a program and you do well, um, you'll for sure get your, you for sure get recognized on the platform, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a really cool little community he's building. Um, also, you can contact him through Instagram or through his website at yokumstrength.com to buy a program. And now anybody who uh, was listening 
last week knows how passionate I am <laughs> about his programs and what he's got going. Like whatever kind of training you want to do, you want to do some, you want to do powerlifting training, you want to do bodybuilding training, you want to do, um, you want to get your ass in shape. You don't know how to train. You don't know anything about training. If you want to do CrossFit style training, Olympic weightlifting programs, anything, Austin knows it. He knows it better than you do. So buy a program. Um, buy a program. You won't regret it. It's very affordable. And like I said, world-class strength conditioning knowledge. And you can get one-on-one -on -one time with them right now. Two years, you're not going to be able to do that. So take advantage. Um, and go to Ghost Fit. Our buddy Josh Parks for all your clothing needs. If you want to wrap the brand, there's plenty of things, plenty of items of clothing on there for that or Austin produces. I just gotta say one thing. If I, I don't, does he make like three X, two XL shirts? He doesn't. Not yet. He's man. <laughs> he's discriminating against the big guys on National Lyman Day. Josh Parks, I'm calling you out on this podcast. <laughs> Make some double XL shirts yeah. for your boy, all right? Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. help you out. Oh. You're not making li shirts for your linemen, are you? No, he ain't. Like, we block for him and we That's a good call. Life. As a running back. As a running back, he does. I've, like, told this, like, ever since he started. I was like, bro, why don't you make the 2XL? He's like, I, man, I don't got the material. I was like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you can buy from China. You can do whatever you want. Josh Parks, I'm calling you off. Yeah. Um, and then resistant fan training. Uh, link is on Yoakum's Instagram and website. Go through that link and you can find any training bands you need at a special affordable price. And bands are expensive if you know anything about that. So go there. Thank you for listening. Keep chopping wood. Be grateful. <laughs>